Hello, Patriots. This is Living with Liberty, your source for common sense and truth, bringing you insight from outside the mainstream. I'm your host, Ryan. Today, we're talking about the dangers of artificial intelligence. Next, on Living with Liberty. show I did a story about how we need to be less eager to adopt new innovations. We need to be more evaluative in what that innovation means for our health and for our way of life before just jumping at the opportunity to adopt it. Now, artificial intelligence is one of those innovations that we really need to evaluate what it means for humanity. And you might be saying, Ryan, we've already adopted AI into many facets of life. And you would be right. We have. We have automated chat bots that when you message a company, they give a response. We have the search engines certainly are using AI. We know that marketing is using AI. You just talk about something and it seems that you're getting an ad on social media or or some news site for whatever you were just talking about. So we know they're using AI for that stuff. There's Many software packages companies use to do things like forecast their sales that use AI. It's machine learning's big in that space. And then there's, you know, self-driving cars that use AI. And those are just a few of the examples of where we're utilizing AI today. But these things aren't the type of AI I'm talking about, which is applied artificial intelligence. These are all really one-way pieces of of artificial intelligence where you have to basically interact with it and it doesn't necessarily learn. It can't spit back at you a coherent response, right? I mean, if you use a chat bot at, uh, at some company, you know, you're talking with a chat bot, right? And you can, and it's only programmed to do a, a certain amount of things based on what commands you give it really. And those things are, you know, it's going to pull up your account or maybe it takes you to a representative, that sort of thing. So it's not really a two-way interact. It certainly can't tell you a story if you say, write me a story. It can't, uh, it can't, you know, run, it can't run a, you know, a business, that sort of things. It's very targeted, very specific and really requires you to be very prescriptive in what information you're giving it if you want to get the right answer. So I'm not talking about those things. I'm not talking about where, you know, even the the software packages companies use that learn and crunch numbers, right? That's that's something that's applied. It's not going to, you, you can't take that and, and give it a command and, and tell it to write you a story. It's, it's designed to just crunch numbers and look at forecasts and learn and uh, learn from past demand patterns to, provide a better forecast in the future, supposedly, whether they do or not, that's that can be a different story. Because even in those instances, there's still that human interaction and human intelligence that needs to be applied in that situation. Same with driving cars or even search engines for that matter, right? Even the chatbots, there's still some sort of human intelligence factor that has to be put in 
to the equation in order to get to the answer you're looking for in order to get yourself driving car somewhere in order to you know have a decent sales forecast right artificial intelligence so that's not the the artificial intelligence i'm talking about what i'm talking about here is the artificial general intelligence and artificial general intelligence is the type that can handle any human task it can handle anything we can and it will almost certainly do it better than we can. It will beat us at that task. Now we've seen, we've seen the the bots, you know, playing uh, chess champions, and the, the even the very best chess champions in the world can't beat the the artificial intelligence, can't beat the computer, right? But but there, you know, there again, you know, that's something that can that that's programmed to handle, uh, and it's a, more of an applied artificial intelligence in that in that respect, because that, that computer is only meant and only programmed to play chess. It's not meant to interact with humans on a human level. And it's not meant to learn from me speaking to it. It's not meant to learn my, my verbal cues. It's just meant to play chess. So that's not what we're talking about. What the, but the human general intelligence is things like, uh, the, the chat GPT, for example, that, that's, I think, what we're really getting at. I think that's what's really been sparking a lot of the, uh, a lot of the, the topic of artificial intelligence and is it really good for us that we've seen lately. Now, chat, be, uh, like I said, chat GPT is getting more no, notoriety. It's getting more traction, honestly. People are downloading this thing. Companies are starting to say, yeah, we're going to use this. Right, we and we've seen, I think, some of the responses from the interactions of people with this this uh, piece of software, this technology, uh, and I think because of that, because it's getting more notoriety, it's getting more traction. We have a number of individuals, and and, and I think people are seeing the potential dangers around the corner with this thing, right, and what it can be used for, and we'll get into a little bit why there's some of those dangers, right, and it it goes beyond. Uh, again, it's really gotten into this this um, idea of using artificial intelligence and giving it the ability to do deductive reasoning. And that's I think that's what's got a lot of people worried and concerned, and probably rightfully so, about this technology. And we've seen a number of, uh, of individuals that are calling for a minimum of a six-month pause on development to allow us to better understand how this piece of technology, how this AI can evolve. There's many that are saying, we just need to outright ban this period because this isn't going to be good for humanity, right? We're going to have a bunch of T-1000s running around if we let this thing go on unchecked and we, and we just keep going down this road, right? And we'll get into more of that later. But, the, you know, we've got a number of individuals calling for a pause on this. And it's because we need to better understand it. We need to understand what guardrails we need to be putting in place to regulate the, the uses of AI because it's an open book right now on what it can be used for and how it can be used. And in the wrong hands, it can be very dangerous. Absolutely. And the, the people calling for these this pause and outright just stop, let's not use it at all, they're not a bunch of nobodies. It's Elon Musk. It's Stephen Hawking, Apple co-founder Steve Wozniak. 
And even Sam Altman himself, the CEO of OpenAI, which created ChatGPT, all of them are calling for caution or just outright pausing or or uh, um, just stopping development of this, period. Honestly, you read into this, it's for good reason. And it's this type of AI, what ChatGPT is, has shown the capability to replace us. If you're looking down the future, right now you might look and say, oh, you, you know what, Ryan, you're a conspiracy theory. Take your tinfoil hat off. But it's the truth. How many times have we seen this? How many times now have we seen the conspiracy theorists been, be absolutely right about something? Right, and I think if, if you've got people like that are in this space, Elon Musk was an, invent, uh, an investor in OpenAI when it was a non-public company. He got out, he, got, he saw what this thing is, and he got his investment out. He's no longer associated with it for good reason, because he sees around the corner to what this could mean for humanity and what it could do uh, to society. Now, I have a Guardian piece here, and I I picked a lot of Guardian pieces and Forbes pieces for, for today's show for good reason. These are left-leaning outlets, so you can't just say, oh, Ryan, you're just being a conservative nut, a right-wing lunatic again. No, these these are, are left-leaning outlets that are that are saying this as well. So it's, it's across the board, across the aisle, however you want to put it. Everybody is concerned about what this technology could mean for humanity. So I have a Guardian piece here titled The Stupidity of AI by James Bridle. In it, he notes that chat GPT is capable of a lot more than conversation. When properly entreated, it is capable of writing working computer code, that's key, solving mathematical problems, and mimicking common writing tasks from book reviews to academic papers, wedding speeches, and legal contracts. It was immediately obvious how the program could be a boon to those who find, say, writing emails or essays difficult, Bridle goes on. But also how, as with image generators, it could be used to replace those who make a living from those tasks. Many schools and universities have already implemented policies that ban the use of ChatGPT amid fears that students will use it to write their essays, while the academic journal Nature has had to publish policies explaining why the program cannot be listed as an author of research papers. It can't, they can't list this, and Bridal goes on here to explain, it can't be listed as the author of a research paper because it can't give consent and it can't be held accountable. But institutions themselves are not immune from the inappropriate uses of this tool. In February, the Peabody College of Education and Human Development, part of Vanderbilt University in Tennessee, shocked students when it sent out a letter of condolence and advice following a school shooting in Michigan. While the letter spoke of the value of community, mutual respect, and togetherness, a note at the bottom stated it was written by ChatGPT, which felt both morally wrong and somehow false or uncanny to many. It seems there are many areas of life where the intercession of machines requires some deeper thought. Exactly. Sorry for the long, uh, the, the long clip from an article there, but it all was important. It all proves the point. It all gets back to this idea of we need to be careful with how much we let machines into our lives. And we let something like AI into our lives. 
and how we utilize it. We have to be very careful about that. So we already, we've got people who are using it to replace their own thoughts and words. Just look at that last statement. They sent out a note of con, a notice of condolence that, that was written by chat GPT. Nobody sat down to write it. They just said, Hey, chat GPT, write me a, a, a condolence letter here. And it spit this out. It's, we have to be careful as it, what this has the ability to do and is doing is taking out human interaction. It's taking out that human touch on things. And you know what? It didn't look like it sat too well with people as they saw that, hey, this note was written by ChatGPT. Schools are already having to ban the use of ChatGPT, and I think that's very telling. Students already come out of college ill-prepared for life in the working world. Now, you throw in the ability for ChatGPT to do their coursework, to write stuff for them, and then they really don't know anything or wouldn't know anything coming out of college. We already, I already see it every day. Students that come out of college struggle to do basic things. They struggle to write a decent email. They struggle to write a report. You're going to have something there that says, okay, chat GPT, right? Why do we need people to do it anymore then? Right? We wouldn't. And, and that's a problem. We've already become so reliant on machines that we are losing the basics of life. We're losing our humanity. We're losing what makes uh, us unique. Ask a public school educated teenager, or even, even probably not even, you can probably go older than a teenager at this point. Any public school educated person from the last, I don't know, 15, 20 years to make change for you. Just ask them to make change for you and they'll still, and, and they'll just stare blankly at you. For most likely, most of them will. There's some that know how to do it, but most of them will. They'll just stare blankly. They 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 don't know, and it's simple. Money's simple. It's base one hundred. They don't know how to do it. They can't give you change. They struggle with that. Why? Because it's not taught anymore. Because we have calculators and 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 a smartphone in every pocket and whatever else. Well, let me just type it up real quick. Well, why do you have to do that? You should be able to do it in your head. It's easy. Base one hundred. Easy. We can't do that simple stuff anymore because we come, become so reliant on machines. We're losing that basic of life. You'll get the same response if you ask them to tell you time on a clock, an analog clock with Roman numerals. I mean, you can, you can even if you didn't know Roman numerals, you should be able to tell on a clock what time it is just by the position of the hands. And you, you, but you, I guarantee you, you'll still get the same response the same blank stare if you put an analog clock in front of, of someone that's been educated through our school system in the last 20 years. You throw Roman numerals on there, whatever, they won't be able to tell you what time it is. We continue to get dumber and dumber, and the machines only get smarter. And side note, the corruptocrats use that to their advantage. It's a double whammy. Not only are we getting lazier and dumber, and the machine's getting smarter, but the corruptocrats continue to, to take more and more of our power, more and more power that they don't deserve. They continue to take more and more of our liberty and freedom because we don't know any better. We rely on a machine for everything. See, that's the danger now of, of, of relying on things like AI and machines for everything. And it's such a crutch for society. We, are, we have to be, we have the most information 
at our fingertips. We have the most technological innovation that any civilization on this planet has seen. And we are probably the stupidest civilization that this planet has ever seen. Bar none. We don't know how to do anything. Now, it's not only the intellectual laziness factor here that is of concern. There are many other reasons to be concerned and skeptical of this new breed of artificial intelligence. Now, we've already in society slid into the abyss of people believing anything and everything they see on the internet, throw in TV to print media, and there's not too many eyeballs. People leave that, have seemed to have left that behind, but the internet for sure. I mean, how many times have you seen on a social media post, someone post something that uh, didn't seem quite right, but they're posting it as fact, and then you go and call them on that, and they continue to assert it as fact, and then you tell them, okay, where did you get that information from? And then they just ghost it because they probably went and looked it up and said, Ooh, yeah, um, that's not right. I mean, I've done that. We've all been caught on that. Right. But the difference is I've noticed it or someone else has pointed it out and I've taken the post down. I said, okay, yeah, thanks for letting me know. I'll take this down. I didn't realize that. Or maybe someone had another perspective. We don't have that anymore. People just believe anything they see on the internet. When in reality, you should be treating the internet as as fake. That you really, should, anything you see on the internet, you should be really vetting that very carefully. Have trusted sites, absolutely. You know, but you've already gone through the trouble of vetting those sites. That's why they're trusted sites. Is social media, I don't, I've said it before, I'll say it now, and I'll probably say it again. Don't trust anything you see on social media because it's a story, not the story. Whether it be someone's, you know, family life to, uh, you know, what's going on in Ukraine, let's call it. Now, Altman, the, the CEO of, of OpenAI, is worried about the AI models being used for large-scale disinformation. Yeah, exactly. You don't think the government and the media hacks, their media sycophants, not to mention our country's enemies, aren't salivating at the possibility of using AI, this new breed of AI, to up their disinformation campaigns, to, to propagandize us more. Uh, think about it now. How much have the Democrats complained about Russian bots and hackers interfering in elections over the last, I don't know, five, six, seven years? Usually it's pretty easy to tell if it's a foreign actor or a bot popping into your DMs or your social media feed. That's the, they don't speak English well, or they, they, uh, the, the words might be out of order, or they're just, you know, it's just text, it's just typed out funny, right? It doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. You know what they're getting at, but it doesn't make sense. It's not, the word order isn't what you would typically see from an English speaker. But so you have that. You Usually it's pretty easy to tell those things, but with something that has the ability, like ChatGPT, to mimic language, to learn language, to be able to deductively reason, it makes it, and it can make it, and it does make it seem as if it were typed by an actual person. So yeah, this would be ripe for abuse and creating propaganda on a scale, on a, on a scale that Joseph Goebbels could have never dreamed of. And it would be able to do it in a way that could make it tough to separate fact from fiction. And again, like I've said, we've seen they're using AI in, in 
in uh, marketing and, and already in the ads you see on the internet. But Coca-Cola is already planning to use this technology, to use ChatGPT, to use OpenAI's technology for its marketing and consumer activities. So it's already being considered and it's already creeping into the corporate propaganda machines. And in this instance, it's to try and get you to drink more Coke or whatever Coke wants to peddle. Altman, Altman has also said that the model, so the AI tool here, will confidently state things as if they were facts, even if they're entirely made up. Well, that doesn't sound too good, does it? We've already got a problem with people and legions of people out there who have trouble grasping simple facts to begin with, who have trouble just doing a quick fact check of their own. We have people out there who just believe everything they see and don't question anything. And then they continue to propagate those falsities on social media and elsewhere, conversation, whatever. So we've got something that now we'll put out there uh, an opinion or whatever you want to call it. It'll put something out there that will say is fact. It might have just completely made it up, though. But since there's no context, right, the, the, the machine is just text. There's no talking. You, and you can't read a face of a person. You can usually read the face of somebody to see if they're lying or not, or if it's not quite true, if they're confused about what they're saying. You, you don't have that luxury, and that's part of the issue also with relying on machines and, and the Internet every day to get your information and to converse with people. You don't have that interaction. You can't take those social cues. You certainly can't do that with a machine. So you'll have a bunch of people now that will be using this thing. It'll make something up, and it'll... People take it and run with it as a truth. It's probably already happening. Now, they are going to have to act, or, or I should say now the, the people are going to have access to something that will just make it up, like I said, and will compound our, our misinformation problem here and people putting false, false information out on the Internet. Chat GPT, the other piece here I said was really important, right? And I want to cover this. ChatGPT has the ability to write computer code in most programming languages. So any programming language, probably everything we're using for Internet, you know, what runs your computer, what runs a lot of company software, what runs military software, whatever program. There's only so many programming languages that, that are used for this stuff, right? So it has the ability to, to write code in most programming languages. So what does that mean? Does that Could that mean that machines go rogue and eventually lock out? The human masters, it could. If, if that machine has the ability to deductively reason about things, has the ability to write code uh, in, in whatever programming language it needs to write it in, basically, it could lock us out of systems. It could lock people out of, of, from operating power plants, from operating a business, from operating military equipment, from operating your car. It could. It could say, well, you know, and, and that's based on the propaganda being fed and how people interact with it, too. Right? It, it could. All the stories out there about climate alarmism. It could just say, oh, this person drove too many miles today. We're going to shut their car down. Right? And, and that's, you know, we're talking about electric cars here in that instance, but it could. Because you still have to plug that electric car in somewhere, and those are run by coal power plants for the most part, coal and natural gas. Now, 
It could. I, it, th- and this is the part that people don't want to grasp. They're saying that's science fiction. That would never happen. Why do you think it wouldn't happen at this point? Why, when you see something that says this system has the ability to code, it has the ability to deductively reason, what makes you think that this wouldn't be a possibility? Could it be a small possibility? Sure, it could be. Who knows? Is it a large possibility? Maybe. Who knows? We don't know. That's the point that people are trying to make here, like Elon Musk and and Steve Wozniak and Stephen Hawking. We don't know. We don't understand fully the impact of this. Yet it's being thrown out there. People are rushing out to use it. Even if AI only works from human input, right? And that's, that's call it the current AI that we have today. It really only works from human input. The goal of it, even in that instance, is for it to evolve and learn and make things better. And if we give a machine the ability to deductively reason on its own, it could take those inputs then and go rogue, locking people out of critical systems like those that operate our power grid, like those that operate our government communications, like those that operate our interpersonal communications, those that operate the Internet. Who's to say, like I said, it doesn't get fed a bunch of climate alarmist nonsense and start shutting down power plants? Oh, well, we got to have a rolling blackout. The, there, there's been too much power output there today, and it's the middle of summer in Phoenix, and now people are without air conditioning because the power plants were at max, you know, peak capacity, and and we have a machine that deductively reasons and says, well, that's too much carbon being emitted into the air. We got to shut this thing down. Who's to say our enemies don't feed the AI program a bunch of false data and the AI program shuts down our our communication satellites, our surveillance satellites? Who's to say that doesn't happen? Right? It doesn't say, oh, well, ah, America bad, shut everything down based on propaganda fed by our enemies. Everything is connected now. I don't think you understand that, or most people do. I I bet you all my listeners do for sure, but many people don't understand that. They don't understand how interconnected the world is becoming. I can tell you from just my line of work, you know, you have the Internet of Things in plants now. You have machinery pumping out goods, food, that are, that are connected to the Internet to monitor their performance that will tell you when it breaks down. So you have AI that goes rogue and says, I'm going to shut down a food plant because... You know, some some bad actor over in China put propaganda through the system, hacked the system, and and then the the AI says, "Oh, that's bad. We're going to shut that plant down," and now you're screwed, right? Because it's, it's you shut a food plant down. It, it's I can tell you from having worked in that industry, there's a lot of cleaning and everything else that goes on that will have to go on, and it, you get behind in a hurry manufacturing food if you don't stick to your your schedule your refrigerator many out there have internet connected refrigerator i'd never have internet collect uh, internet connected appliances those will get hacked you someone you piss someone off or someone just thinks it it's funny they shut your refrigerator down and now you you have no food because your your it all went bad in your refrigerator that was shut down Everything is connected now, or just about everything. If you, if you stay like me, you stay away from those 
those uh, internet-enabled appliances and, and internet-enabled uh, lights and Alexa. I don't have any of that crap in my house. Never. You think your phone listens to you enough on getting Alexa in the house? It's all connected, and it's naive to think that an AI program that learns, that can, can use deductive reasoning, it's naive to think it wouldn't be able to get past firewalls and the protections we have in place to deter and defend against human hackers. You don't think a, a program that would be able to do things better than humans couldn't get past those at this point? Remember, this AI, the chat GPT, has the ability to write code in most programming languages and is able to do things better than a human. And it would and it's likely it wouldn't take much for an AI system to create the code to get past the firewall and shut down an entire power grid or an entire power plant or an entire food manufacturing plant. So what other threats are out there from unchecked AI? Well, according to a Forbes article from 2018, yes, this, this was being thought about in 2018. These things were brought forth in 2018, and yet we continue to go on and develop this technology anyway and, and not check it at all. The warning was out there from five years ago already. So this Forbes article, it's titled, Is Artificial Intelligence Dangerous? Six AI Risks Everyone Should Know About by Bernard Marr. So we know there's at least six six uh, AI in, uh, issues we should be aware of here or potential uh, pitfalls of it. There's, I think, many more at this point, but they identified six for this article back five years ago. Now, keep in mind, this is 2018, well before chat GPT was a thing. So we didn't have a, an AI system that could deductively reason like a human can. We do now. We didn't have a, an AI system that could just automatically program stuff in, in multiple programming languages. We didn't have a, 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 a an AI system that could talk back to you, if you will. This, so this was five years ago, and this stuff was being thought of, and what are the pitfalls, and what do we need to be careful of? Now, the first one that Marr brings up is autonomous weapons. According to his piece, he says this, AI programmed to do something dangerous, as is the case with autonomous weapons, programmed to kill, is one way AI can pose risks. It might even be plausible to expect that the nuclear arms race will be replaced with a global autonomous weapons race. Aside from being concerned that autonomous weapons might gain a mind of their own, more, a more imminent concern is the dangers autonomous weapons might have with an, uh, with an individual or government that doesn't value human life. Once deployed, they will likely be difficult to dismantle or combat. So are we talking about an army of Terminators here? Perhaps. kind of sounds that way, right? It, it could be a, a, an army of T-1000s. It's certainly not going to be the the dumbass droids from the you know the Star Wars prequels, right? From the Clone Wars, not going to be them. Those things were stupid. These things are going to be smart. They're going to be tough to kill. You can't dismantle them. You can't get close enough. And why? You know, I don't think we're that far off from that. Quite honestly, the whole Terminator thing. But the way, you know, I just went through it with a. Uh, with a program that's able to code in multiple languages and how everything's connected. Now, is, are, are we talking about things like automated drones and tanks? Again, could be. It's programmed to kill. 
right? So what is it programmed to kill? Who knows? Anything. You know, here we go with, you know, the opportunity or ability of a, of a weapon to go outside its programming and go rogue. And what would prevent it? Nothing. You have AI-enabled uh, uh, weaponry here that's just going to, and it's going to learn and adapt, and it's going to say, oh, that's bad. I'm going to, you know, blow this house up now or whatever the case may be. Now we have from a social aspect of things here, we have manipulation, which we've covered already today. So, you know, the, the advertising, the disinformation, the people just believing everything they see. Uh, so I won't cover that anymore today. But the next thing that Mar brings up is the invasion of privacy and social grading, social credit scores. Mar says this, It is now possible to track and analyze an individual's every move online as well as when they are going about their daily business. Cameras are nearly everywhere, and facial recognition algorithms know who you are. If you think that you're spotted on a DOT cam and it's not being tied, you know, there's not facial recognition back to your driver's license, I, you know, I, I guess I can't help you in that point. You, you're, you're everywhere. Your face is everywhere. And Mar goes on. In fact, this is the type of information that is going to power China's social credit system that is expected to give every one of its 1.4 billion citizens a personal score based on how they behave. Things such as do they jaywalk, do they smoke in non-smoking areas, and how much time do they spend playing video games? Yes, they're going to get into your house because video game systems are connected to the Internet now. And they're going to monitor how much time you spend playing video games. And you know what? They could say, ah, you get an hour a day and shut it off. Like daddy government's your actual parent. Like you're a, you're a, a, a preteen that, you know, you're still, your parents haven't given you really the authority to run your own life yet. And that's what the government wants to do to you. I, I, and people think this is great. How is this great? It's not. It's the destruction of freedom and liberty. This has the ability to allow government to, to, to fully destroy freedom and liberty. Mar goes on, when Big Brother is watching you and then making decisions based on that, that intel, it's not only an, an invasion of privacy, it can turn quick into or can quickly turn into social oppression. Yes, your face and digital imprint is everywhere. And if you think that the bureaucracy isn't already watching you, I have a nice oceanfront property in Kansas I want to sell you. Don't think for a second that AI wouldn't be deployed to prevent you from completing a beer purchase at the store you just jaywalked to because that jaywalking lowered your credit score, your social credit score. Or that jaywalking, they they just said, oh, okay, you were just jaywalking to get to this store. You can't buy this beer now. That's your punishment. You, you broke a law, you can't buy beer. Don't think for a second that it's an accident that the globalists want to push everyone into electric cars that are connected to the internet. You plug into the power grid. Right, and you can send, and these cars are Wi-Fi enabled. Right, don't, don't think for a second that they couldn't just suck the juice out of your battery at that point. Uh, when it's plugged into the power grid and prevent you from going anywhere. Don't think they can't just shut it down because they don't like where you're going or you're driving too fast. AI could be used to restrict the speed at which you are able to drive because it's monitoring how fast you are going. It could be used to give you a ticket, send you a ticket because you are speeding. 
we have that today with cameras. They capture your your license plate. I get it, but it could just send you a ticket. Like if you've seen Demolition Man, it's instant, right? Anybody that's seen that movie, I just watched it a little, you know, not long ago, so it's fresh in my mind. But every time they swear, they get a a printout and they say you you just lost a social credit point or whatever for swearing. That's where we're going. You, I don't get how you don't think that that's, you know, what we've seen in Hollywood is coming to life now. Now, Demolition Man was you know, 25 years ago, maybe that movie was made. But very eerie as I watched it not long ago to what's going on today. Using, and that's basically what it is, AI monitoring everything going on in society. So you, I don't get how people aren't in tune to this, how they don't see it. They just think it's great because it's a new shiny thing. AI could be used to invade your home and entertainment choices. Say you're an avid Fox News viewer. AI could see this and restrict your viewing choices to whatever's approved by the government. So, you know, it could be used in that way to, to get around the First Amendment, perhaps. Perhaps the First Amendment's gone by this point. Who knows? If we don't fight to protect it. It will be gone. If you think AI is already invasive with the ads you see on your social media, just wait until this next generation starts infiltrating everything and it's unchecked in what it's able to infiltrate. Now, another point Mar brings up is the misalignment between our goals and the machines. He says this, Part of what humans value in AI-powered machines is their efficiency and effectiveness. Pause there, if that's true. Otherwise, business wouldn't put it in. We wouldn't use it for things like forecasting, future sales, etc. So it is. It's a, in, it's it's effective and efficient in in that manner. It's but you still have to apply human intelligence to that, right? But anyway, going on here from what uh, Mars Peace says, he goes, but. If we aren't clear with the goals we set for AI machines, it could be dangerous if a machine isn't armed with the same goals. We have, for example, a command to get me to the airport as quickly as possible might have dire consequences. Without specifying that the rules of the road must be respected because we value human life, a machine could quite effectively accomplish its goal of getting you to the airport as quickly as possible and do literally what you ask but leave behind a trail of accidents. So our roads could look like a scene from an action movie. Those, those car chases from action movies, that's what our roads could look like. It just depends on the command it's given and what intelligence is put in there, right? It could look like that. Now, you'd like to think that, you know, with all the, the work being done on autonomous cars, that that's all baked in, that rules of the road are being accounted for. But who knows? If you just say, get me there quickly, a machine does not have the ability to maybe reason that much. It will take that quite literally, and you'll be off like a rocket in whatever self-driving car we have at that point. Provided that you didn't piss someone off in the government and then they didn't reverse uh, drain your battery back into the power grid. Now, the last point Mar brings up here is discrimination. And given the amount of data that is collected on each of us, whether you apply for a job, the census, whatever, this could be a big one. There, It provides all kinds of opportunity for discrimination. Not that we're, you know, not, we're doing a bang up job of discriminating today, right? I mean, we're, we're, we've gone back 60 years. It's just the opposite now. You know, we've, to solve that, that 
historical wrong that's already been righted, we have to implement discrimination again. We have favored groups, et cetera. So, we, but discrimination could be used to filter, or AI could be used to filter through applications for a job discrimination, right? And only select candidates based on some immutable characteristics, not me, who may be best for the job. So you might be the most qualified person, but you'll, your application will be tossed out because AI is looking to fill a quota. Because again, it's going to take things quite literally, potentially, anyway. Now, I covered previously in a previous show, a few shows ago, how insurance companies are using AI to determine recovery timelines and therefore the payments made to Medicare recipients. Now, imagine this being taken further where AI is making all these decisions. We don't have the lackeys at the insurance companies anymore that reviewing this. We don't even have them there to just blindly take what AI says. We, we just have AI now determining that you are going to be denied coverage. Your doctor... Uh, your doctor uh, diagnosed you with a terminal illness. You got cancer. There's really no recovery. That's plugged into a system. The insurance company sees that. Doctor wants to put through, hey, let's do chemo, whatever, make you as comfortable, comfortable as possible. AI is going to look at that and say, nope, it costs too much. Denied. You, you can die in pain and alone. Right? Because there's not that human touch. There's not that human interaction, not that human intelligence being applied to it. We need to tread carefully when it comes to AI. It's going to need to have, especially this, this AI that can deductively reason, it's going to have to have very strict parameters put around it if we're not going to kill it completely, which I'm on the fence, uh, on the other side of the fence of saying, yeah, we should probably kill it completely. I think no pause. I think kill it completely. This thing has a, a, a potential to do a ton of damage to our society, to humans. We need to have strict parameters put or very strict parameters put around if we're going to keep it going. I'm on, you know, I'm on team get rid of it altogether. You know, if, if not, if we don't do that, we run the risk of the corruptocrats finally destroying what's left of our liberties. Or even worse, a society in which humans are replaced by machines. And that's in whatever sense you want to take that in. All right, before we call it a show today, I have a favor to ask of all of you. Now, as a lot of you know, Parler was bought and then promptly shut down after the deal was complete. Uh, was it last Friday, a couple of Fridays ago, uh, whenever, very recently. It was my biggest advertising platform for the show. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the show somewhere, anywhere, it, just to ensure you're getting notifications of when we post new content out there. It's, it could be Rumble, it could be YouTube, any of the audio platforms you listen to, all of them, whatever, just please subscribe somewhere. It'll help us stay connected. It'll help ensure you get uh, the new shows when they drop or get a, get a notification anyway. Also, if you're on Twitter, please follow me there. I, I've been debating on this. I'm, I'm going to make that my platform. I think the upside there in terms of spreading the message is the greatest. Um, so if you're there, follow me. I hate it. I've already you know just been in there. It's a cesspool. It's ridiculous. It's one of those things people take too literally and 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 take what everybody says there so seriously and as if it's the gospel truth instead of talking to people actually. Um, it, but it's a place to spread the message. It's a place to put truth out there. So that's where I'm going to be. It's, it's the biggest. It's the biggest dog on the block, so to speak. So 
I am living with liberty there. I'll spell it out for you because it's missing vowels. So there it's living, spelt normal, L-I-V-I-N-G, W-T-H-L-I-B-R-T-Y. So I only get so many characters on Twitter, so I had to take a few vowels out there. But that's where you can follow me. Uh, that's where I'll put most uh, most of my efforts in. I'll be the most active there going forward in terms of posting you know, some of the social commentary I do, some of the fun stuff I do. Uh, it's the biggest pond. Like I said, that's where we have to fish at this point. I'll still, you know, I'm still going to be on other platforms. The other platforms I've been posting on, MeWe, my Telegram channel, Facebook, if you're following me there, still going to post there, the shows at least, so you know when they come out. Um, I do a little bit on Getter. I might start throwing some stuff out there on Truth again if you want to, if you're on Truth and you want to catch the show, uh, you know, and follow me there and you'll see when I drop them there, I'll drop them in there. My main interactions are going to be on Twitter, though, in terms of posting, you know, my thoughts on current events, like I said, current events, social issues, you know, some fun stuff, just making fun of things, that, et cetera. And I'll put some of that stuff on on some of those other channels, too, particularly MeWe. That's my biggest, second biggest platform. So I'll, I'll still be there. I'll put some stuff out there, too. And I'll still be on MeWe. I'll still be on Telegram. Follow me on both if you're there. As well, my handle is Living with Liberty on both of those platforms, spelt just as, as uh, you know, the show title is all one word, though, Living with Liberty, no spaces. I won't be as active on those platforms, though. Um, just, again, I'm trying to build up that base on the Dirty Bird. I lost, you know, 15, 14, 15,000 followers when Parlor shut down, so I lost a, a lot of the platform I advertised the show on and interacted with everybody on. So catch, catch me in one of those spots, though. Lastly, don't forget to tune in live to Rucksack Radio on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Central for Laughs and Liberty with Tom and me. You can catch us on Riverside FM, Rumble, YouTube, or Twitch. We love all the engagement. This last Tuesday, we had a lot of engagement in the chats across all the platforms. It was awesome. We love doing that. We bring up those comments on the show. It's just a great time. So tune in live uh, Tuesdays, 7 p.m. Central, Laughs and Liberty. Friends, that's my show for today. Thank you for tuning in. Please check out my website, livingwithlibertypodcast.com. There you'll find links to my past shows, my original articles, as well as other resources to help arm you with knowledge in fighting off the prevailing narratives of the day. While on my website, shop my store, Living With Liberty Outfitters. Lastly, I'd be so grateful if you shared, subscribed, and left a positive review of the show, should your listening platform allow. Subscribing helps us move up the charts and helps more people find the truth.